<laughs> you know, sometimes we don't have to be funny out of the gate, you know? Yeah, no, we have to. No, I don't. I dis- Let's be funny I, out of the gate on this one, I Sean. I fundamentally disagree. Quick. Knock, knock. Who's there? Emil Zola. Oh, the life of? I mean, wait. <laughs> I think we nailed it. The, yep, that's what we watched. Theme song. Two boys in a balcony, in a balcony, a balcony. Two boys in a balcony, in a balcony. Oh, folks, two boys in a balcony. We're back. Sometimes the magic just happens. Sometimes you sit here for 30 minutes. And you and you riff and you rant and you get the typewriter out and you and say you go, no no I no just, let me just write an open and that's gonna speak to people. Damn it, no! You crumple up the paper, you chuck it behind you. But that one, ooh, that we just spoke from the heart. Twenty yeah. second opening. That's and then that be a piece record. of paper rolls up against the heater, <laughs> catches fire in the winter. That's no good. You can't have that. Yeah, it sucks. You ever have your house ever catch fire, Bill? No, but I flood my basement flooded once, and they don't fucking do anything for you when that happens. <laughs> no, they don't give no, a shit. No, they're like, that. oh, that's God's water. They're just like, thank God it wasn't fire, right, friend? God, son of a bitch. Imagine the damage it would have been if it was fire. That's they what they're they like. Say, oh, yeah. we don't do. I'm like, next time I'm gonna burn it down. They make sure they're it's like, oh, we first. don't do anything for groundwater. I'm like, this water came from the sky. Yeah. They don't do anything with sky water either. Groundwater. Yeah, you think you would have, uh, you probably got to seal up the basement. That's what you got to do. Yeah, it's a scam. It's a damn scam. It's all a scam. Homeownership insurance. Yeah, burn it down. It's no, well, no, I I don't think you should burn down your home. Well, it's better than flooding it. That's true. Would you rather your house burn to the ground with uh, all your possessions or just have a little water in your your basement after? Oh, I love fun guessing games. I'd rather have a carpet. I mean, I'm insured for the fire. All right, then answer that's answer. Yeah, I'll take the fire. <laughs> Instead of just But a, don't do it. I mean I'm not I'm not gonna say I your feel house like on you fire. might do it. And I feel like maybe I'm talking it up too much now. Yeah, I think I think this is uh if you're ever gonna pull an arson scam, this is this Hey, would is you damning. rather have an eighteen whaler drive into your house or would you rather have a plane crash into your house? Oh jeez. Let's see. Who's home at the time? You. Just me? Yeah. Am I do I survive you're naked. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I think that would doesn't really have any There's a lot on more it. people on a plane. A lot so more be people. A lot more people would see you. Oh. Like if the truck crashed in, it's probably just the driver and maybe a hitchhiker that he picked up. Yeah. Well, do I survive or am I gonna be? Uh, oh, you're dead. dead. Oh, then you're gonna uh, die either way. But yeah, do you want to die of embarrassment? Yeah, plane. I think plane's more exciting. It'll kill your neighbors too. The noisy ones. Oh, thank you. So Lord. that'd be good. Yeah, I'll be getting those. Uh, are you insured for plane crashes at your house? I don't uh, believe we are. I think we uh, we opted out of trampoline coverage and plane crashes. Well, you should get it. Well, we're never going to get it. You opted out of trampoline coverage? No, we don't have a trampoline. so You should get a trampoline. Why would I get a trampoline? You I don't have, have children. I don't have the insurance for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. You can't go on a trampoline without insurance. For what are you fucking... Rate's going to go yeah, through the roof. I, wasn't, I actually wasn't thinking when I said it. Yeah. Why don't you get a trampoline? You're so happy to jump no, around. I wouldn't get a trampoline. Dude. Too dangerous. Those are the devil's toys. I think you're thinking of Ouija boards. Yeah. But yeah, what if you get a trampoline that looked like a Ouija board? That has a Ouija board painted oh, on it. Oh, yeah. Bounce from Fuck yeah. Bounce from letter to letter. No, you're pushing it. No, We no, give no. away too many good ideas on yeah, this dude, fucking we show. Yeah, dude, we fucked up. We fucked up. That's already we gone. We could be the Ouija board trampoline guys. Shit. 
I guess Dowegeline. I could. Should I erase this episode for the fourth time the so that we don't lose the the tramp tramp weed tramp Yeah, well, I will, we'll we'll figure we'll it out it later. We can hire PR people to do that shit. They'll focus group it. Not now, obviously. Not in the middle of the recording. <laughs> no. It's nine o'clock at night. Yeah. No PR firm is open. Oh, they're open. The good ones. On the uh, West Coast, sure. They got someone that you we can need get somebody in touch local with. that understands the goddamn New England spirit. I don't and want trampolines. And trampolines. Obviously. Jesus Christ. Of course, trampolines. That goes without saying that we're gonna get somebody who's got experience <laughs> with trampoline. No, I'm good at PR, but what the fuck is that thing? First thing on your C V better be trampoline related, otherwise you're out the fucking door. I uh tore my ACL in seventh grade on a trampoline. All right. I'm I'm listening. <laughs> I'm interested. Shot sure, 1938 is the movie. You're jumping right into is it. Is that next year? Uh, no, we're, Are we're we in 37. We're right? doing the 10th Academy Awards, but we like to have some fun up yeah, top. Yeah, you want too much fun. Let's I've, get into the, the damn sudden, ceremony. We talked about burning down my house. We talked about flying a plane, 9/11 style, into your house. Oh, is it? Jesus Christ! I didn't know that. I did not. Oh, back up, back up. I'll take the 18 wheeler. I did not know that there was terrorism involved in the plane coming into my home. Too late, dude. You uh, already called 912 Jesus dibs. Christ. Oh, if only Mark Wahlberg had been on that plane that had crashed into my house. You called dibs on 912 Shit. and we're knowing it's happening. Shit. Ah, man. George Bush did say he had uh, big uh, plans. He says a lot of stuff, that All guy. Right. All right. He also paints pictures. Well, great pictures. He likes to paint the pictures. The guy loves to draw little puppy dogs. He's a nice fella. He's, he's in his old you know, age. Except for, the, except for the war crimes, obviously. What are you going to do? He was coerced. We all committed war crimes when we were younger they presidents. They forced his hand. Z. Hands. Yeah, both hands. Both of them. Uh... Yeah, but remember when he gave sometimes sometimes a bit's gotta end. Yeah, but remember out. when he gave Michelle Obama that hard candy? At the thing, at the yeah. his father's funeral. Yeah. Or his mother's funeral. I don't know, some fucking Jimmy Carter's funeral. Jimmy Carter. Still it with us. A, I think he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, but they had a preemptive funeral, probably. I don't know, some fucking president. Wouldn't you like to have a funeral before you go? Just oh, so you yeah, can see his, who yeah, shows was that up. His father's funeral, his father the president. I forgot. Yeah, just see who shows up. What? Uh, repeat that question. You want me to? Ha- Would just- you like to have your funeral before you die? Oh, that's a good just question. Just so it could be like, who came? Who? What gifts did they bring? Yeah, you don't typically bring gifts to a funeral. Well, you would if you were alive. I mean, uh, why don't you just have a birthday party then? Same people are going to show up. Yeah, but it's a different vibe. It is a different vibe. Yeah, for sure. Like they should come to the birthday party thinking they're going to party. Yeah. And maybe steal something from your house. Man, I've been going to birthday parties all wrong. <laughs> what, you've been going to grief? <laughs> yeah, I've just been going, hey, this might be the last time I yeah. see you, so. You know, you look really good. They yeah. really made you look lifelike. And they're just going, dude, I'm still are you, alive. Are you dying? No, 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 you're going to be <laughs> Yeah, you're you dying. don't have much. You don't know. I'm going to be here for a long time, but. That yellow under your eyes is a bad sign. I just like to get it out now. I don't have time to be, I can't be Do taking. Do you like to guess people's. Health maladies when you beat them? Uh, typically not, no. Right. But it's I don't a fun like, game I like to I don't do. like to go near the weaker infirm. Oh, my God, this fellow's got diabetes, I can tell. I only hang out with alphas. Oh, look at this dude with his plantar fasciitis. Oh, I mean, that's no joke. That's I, I'm not saying it's a joke. Jesus Christ, get a tennis ball, that's roll a your foot over that. It's going to really loosen uh, that medical condition up. that I just diagnosed. Yeah, you got plantar fasciitis? No, but I know people with it. 
I get it sometimes. I have tender feet, so maybe I do. They're very soft. You would never have been drafted because yeah, you tend to tap dance. I danced a lot. Oh, back did in you? The day. Yeah. Yeah. Not nothing. I wasn't affiliated with anything. No, I didn't think. I didn't think you that. signed up with Alvin Ailey or anything trained. like that. But no. Per se, and there was no music playing. No. And I did not have tap shoes. Okay. Or regular shoes. Yep. So you're just barefoot tap dancing. <laughs> just slapping my feet against concrete. Just fucking screwing pieces <laughs> of metal to the balls of your foot. Man, this is fun. And we have a nice time. The 10th Academy Awards, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for coughing to death there, but it was just in fun. Billy, they were originally scheduled for March 3rd, 1938. And what happened? World War III? The Los Angeles flood of 1938. Oh, when did that happen? Uh, 1938. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a whole Wikipedia article on itself. Let's Where find out more. Where did it happen? Uh, Los Angeles. Oh, shit. It's the very same. Is that is it because of the water? Oh Jesus Christ! Between 113 and 115 people were killed by the flooding. Oh, we're That's a heck of kind a flood. Of assholes now. Oh, they were dead. Was that from ago. the ocean? Uh, what happened? Let's see. Uh, da, da, da. It was caused by two Pacific storms that swept across the Los Angeles oh, basin. That's how it happens. And it generated almost one year's worth of precipitation in just a few days. We call that the perfect storm. That is a perfect. That's a damn perfect storm. William Fickner's going down, baby. Uh, it was a 50-year flood. Caused $78 million in damage. That's one Did point. another one happen in 1988? Oh, geez. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they would say that a 100-year storm. How the fuck do you know? I mean, know? Uh, you would think that it would happen every 100 years, right? How the fuck do you know? 5,601 uh, buildings were destroyed. 1,500 buildings were damaged. So that's not too bad. I mean, they got a lot more buildings, though, so that's like nothing. Uh, and and the fucking worst crime of all is it pushed off the Academy Awards for uh, seven days. What, did they have to get the sump pumps going? <laughs> yeah, the Biltmore Hotel was underwater. It's another Biltmore Hotel they thing. It's got to it. be mafia, dude. They love it. Uh, is that place haunted? The Biltmore Hotel? With the dreams of Hollywood past. Yeah, I would imagine Harvey Weinstein. Dietrich just it, throwing up in the bathroom. Now, of course, it's the Millennium Biltmore Hotel. Uh, let's see. The Willennium? Yeah, the yeah the Willennium. <laughs> yeah, uh, Will Smith bought it up. Uh, oh, the uh, Steve Perry Oh Sherry video. Oh, Sherry. Oh, Whoa. So no. blow. Whoa. Neither of us know any of the words. No, Sherry. I believe I was nailing it. You were doing pretty good. You were closer than I was. Uh, it was hosted by Bob Burns. Oh, George Burns' uh, older brother. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, probably not, though. Uh, I mean, what are the odds that I made that up and that turns out to be true? I mean, we got to find out now. He was an American humorist. Oh, George Burns was as well. He was also God. He was oh God. Book two. Uh, I never saw any of those movies. You didn't see any of the oh gods. I never did. I never did. They were movies. They sure. They I was a George Burns fan. You loved them. I yep. used to watch the uh, George uh, George and Gracie show. Oh yeah. They used to play it on uh, like channel sixty eight or thirty eight or something. Yeah, and you just sit down watching and just Love go. old television. Just him with his gigantic fucking cigar, just calling his uh, his wife. A, say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Oh my gosh, they're so they fun. They were great. Uh, 
This is the last year, Bill, for uh, the beloved Best Dance Direction Academy Award. No, I don't think that was ever a thing anybody loved. Uh, and it, well, here's the thing. Here's an interesting trivia. It's the only uh, nomination ever received by a Marx Brothers film. Oh, really? Yeah, what got, is that? They got nominated for... Uh, Horse Feathers. All God's Children Got Rhythm from A Day at the Races. That's it. That's the only nomination those boys ever received. The only Oscar nomination the ever? The only one. Groucho got a, a famous... And it was for dancing? Yeah, Best Dance Direction for their films. <laughs> was uh, that... But that wasn't them, right? That was no, a no. dance direction. Like no, a but they, choreographer? Yeah, probably, I would assume. Dave Gould, it says here. Uh, and uh, But that's the only uh, only uh, nomination any of their movies ever made. The beloved Mox Brothers only got one nomination. That, for seems, best that seems weird. Dance Direction. Especially when you factor in all the years that had ten nominees. I mean, it's probably fair to uh, the best supporting actors because Harpo would really run that fucking category. Would he? I've never really honks watched. The horns. Oh, yeah. People love a horn. Honk, honk. These, uh, they're not my favorite. Uh, I should rewatch some of them. They're on. I think they're on Criterion right I tried, now. Yeah, uh, I think they actually came off last month. Good. I tried get that, fuck, get that trash out of here. I tried watching uh, one of them, and I was like, "Is Groucho's mustache painted on?" Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. And, and the one I was watching, it was. I have somewhere in my home a biography of Groucho Marx that I got for Christmas, and I never even cracked it open once. Oh, I and that I specifically, makes his family sad. I specifically asked for it, and I just uh, I received it, and I said, "Oh, this was a huge mistake." Were you like, "I'm going to do comedy"? I'm, yeah, or, yes. Were you already yep. doing comedy, or were you like, "I'm going to start doing comedy"? I, I need I think to I, read Groucho Marx's biography. I think that first first year two years that i was doing comedy that steve martin born standing up uh, yeah, that book was a came good out. book i read that book and so then i was just like well i gotta i gotta be a comedy historian so i gotta yeah. get the the biography of groucho marx and then you were like check out these fucking kindles they got now it's nuts <laughs> these things got backlights and everything Dude, you go like this and it looks like paper get this fucking and then i bought it on the kindle too yeah so get this paper back out of here still haven't read it I'm going to take this thing, line up Bill's basement, fucking light that why shit on fire. Uh, why didn't the uh, Mox Brothers get more nominations? They're so revered now. Oh, I, Were they know, not back then? You know I was born in 1983. Yeah, but you just but told never me you were fucking a I've never been a member of the voting, the voting body of the Academy. Yeah, and I also just told you that I didn't read the fucking book on the guy. You did tell me that. Uh the Life of Emile Zola, the first film to crack. Ten nominations. This movie got ten nominations? Ten Get the fuck out. nominations. Get out. Too many nominations. Way too many nominations. Especially, uh... I mean, I don't think it was a bad movie. No, but it's, it's fine. Long. It's And it's not long. It's under two hours. Yeah, but it just seemed, feels long. It felt really long to me. Uh, it took me thing, like three days to watch it. Here are the ten it gets. Best Picture wins. Best Director nominated for William Dieter or Diet Earl. That's what I'm going to go with Diet Earl, but it's got to be Diet Earl or something. Diet Earl? That's how it's spelled. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul Muni gets uh, nominated for Best Actor. Uh, Joseph Childkraut wins. Uh, best Supporting Actor for his role as Captain Alfred Dreyfus. Uh, deserved. Very good. Yeah, in this he was movie. good in it. Yeah. Best Writing, they get. They win uh, Best Screenplay. Art Direction nominated. Score, Sound Recording, Writing Original Story. 
Best Assistant Director. Now, wait a second here. We got Best Writing Screenplay, and we got Best Writing Original Story. What the flippin' fuck is this shit? Did any of those go to Emil Zola? To the man himself, who yeah. had died in uh, many Was that, years 1890, 1890s? Yeah. No, I don't think he got any of the... Uh, I don't think they dug him up and stuck an Oscar under his arm. No, but does, does shouldn't he get credit for the story? Uh, he probably wrote it. Yeah, he probably he wrote, wrote like sc- eight hundred bucks. You think he wrote the screenplay to his own fucking life story? I would. Makes sense. He, nobody already, knows the story better than him. I've already written my obituary. You did? Yeah. What you got in there? Uh, so most of it is just free flowing. A lot of it, I talk about how much I liked Appetite for Destruction when it came out. She's and a good to like. girl. I talk about uh, he some loved of my favorite. His mama. Some of my favorite hyperbole. He hated Jesus. I'd sing in that. America too. I sing. Because uh, he's Put the free. lyrics to that Tom Petty song, "Free Falling." <laughs> free flowing. Oh, you look what you did! I'm like a weirder Al. <laughs> look what you've done, Weird Al and Yankovic. That's me. Now we got to come up with the album cover for the song. I'll work on it. We'll figure that shit out. A Star is Born, the first color Dude, film to receive is that a the, Best Picture nomination. Is that the Judy Garland one? No, that's from the no, 50s. 50s. Is, so we'll talk about this one in a little bit, right. but uh, no. <laughs> uh, and they've, then, t- they've made like seven of them, right? There's like four or five yeah, or six or seven. they got to stop making them. The There's at least four of them. There are four. Yeah, there's three music They did ones. one in the 70s with Bet with Barbara Streisand, Barbara right? Streisand and Chris Christopherson, and, and then... then uh, the Judy Garland one in the 50s. Yeah, and then the Lady Gaga. And, the, and this one in the 30s, and right? Brad Coop. Is there anybody of... Uh, we're not talking about it yet, right? No. Look at uh, me, just... Frederick March and Janet Gaynor. Oh, Mrs. Gaynor, my from, uh, uh, fifth grade uh, social studies teacher. Oh, was she? No, we didn't take social studies in fifth grade. That wasn't until junior high, I believe. Okay, she was just my fifth grade teacher. Probably got that cleared up for the record. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a late record. I'm people just are going to be, be sitting happy. there going, <laughs> I'm sorry. Bill, I believe he went to parochial school in Marshfield. They did not teach social studies until what? junior high. Parochial school in Marshfield? What the fuck are you even talking about? Didn't you about? go to parochial school? I went to Catholic school for like two years. And where was that? Ah, fuck. Dude. It's the next town over. Do you not over. even know me? All right. It's that... not the next town over. There's three towns between it. Uh, we got a couple of uh, honorary Academy Awards. Max Senate, finally. He gets one for his uh, lasting contribution to the co- comedy technique of the screen, the basic principles of which are as important today as when they were first put into practice. The Academy presents a special award to that master of fun, discoverer of stars, sympathetic, kindly, understanding comedy genius, Max Sennett. Is this the guy that invented the pie in the face? Got, you know what? I would love to find out more about Max Sennett. So let's do that. How are you spelling Senate? S-E-N-N-E-T? Yeah, standard spelling. Senate like a senator? Uh, oh, he's the, uh, he created the Keystone Cops. Oh, uh, there you go. So he gets that. Um, we also get one for the Museum of Modern Art Film Library. They get, a, they get one. So congratulations to you guys. And then Howard. They got an Oscar? Yeah, for its significant work in collecting films dating from 1895 to the present. For the first time, making available to the public the means of studying the historical and aesthetic development of the motion picture is one of the major arts. 
Have you been taking voice over lessons Dude, at, I'm just, at Boston Casting? I'm just remembering this <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, you doing those? I'm just taking the classes. I got to get it out fast. I memorize it fast, so I got to get it out fast. Not reading anything. W. Howard Green, he gets a Special Academy Award for Color Photography. And then my favorite Honorary Academy Award of all time goes to Edgar Bergen. The puppet master. For, for his outstanding comedy creation, Charlie McCarthy. They give the puppeteer, the ventriloquist. An Oscar? For the dummy. <laughs> Did he do movies? Uh, or was he vaudeville? Uh, I, I fought, yeah, he must have been in movies. Um, I mean, we haven't. We're on the 10th Academy Awards, and we have not come not, across any, right? No, not Is he yet. like silent film? <coughs> uh, no. What is he? He's Candace Bergen's father? Grandfather? Something, oh, right? Uh, I think it's father. Yeah, he is the father of uh, of the beautiful uh, Candace Bergen. Look you, at you may know her as Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown. Oh, who knew? I did. I just told you. Wow, who knew that? Nobody could have possibly <laughs> fucking said it. Not one person Sean, in the world. Sean, why are you not listening to me right now? Is my no microphone not plugged in? No one could ever have known that. I think Charlie McCarthy probably knew. No, oh, that guy doesn't. He's but just he a, was all, he was focused on communism by this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what the McCarthy hearings are about. Yeah. Charlie McCarthy just accusing you. Ah, you're a communist. Why are there so many songs about commies? <laughs> Bill has, uh, at this point, exhausted all of his knowledge of puppets and puppeteers. <laughs> Edgar Bergen, Jim Henson, Kermit the Frog, Charlie McCarthy. Dude. We hit them all. Dude. Peanut the Woozle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till uh, next year Jeff Dunham gets his special Academy Award for the creation of uh, the terrorist, the dead terrorist, Ahmed <laughs> the dead terrorist. Oh man, it would or be the jalapeno on a stick. It would be a lot funnier if he wasn't worth a hundred billion dollars. Oh, God bless him. God bless him. God bless his smutty heart. Uh Hey, let's. <laughs> I was gonna see if I could pull up my uh, Cary Grant impression that I've been working on. Oh, all week. I got a good Cary Grant. You got a good that I've been working well, on. Well, get. Hi, it's Cary Grant. Nope, <laughs> not even. Nope. You keep working on that. All right. Uh, all right. It for for where I thought it was gonna start. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Oh, it was Cary Grant. Much better than I had anticipated. Hey, Roy. I'm Cary Grant. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's it, right? He's kind yes. of got a Catherine <laughs> Hepburn thing going. I'm Cary Grant. Nobody talks in a way no one naturally has ever spoken. Oh, darling, you're over here. I'm Cary Grant. Is it just because he was trying to get rid of his accent? Is he American or was he English? Or British, I think you might know him you as. You think he's some sort of a turncoat? I just feel it feels like maybe he's from... Uh, Revere, I, uh, and he's just trying to lose the Boston accent, so Maybe. he talks like that. Uh, he was born in England. You're right, Billy. You're right. But he came over to New York when he was in uh, 16 years of age. So uh, 16 year old Cary Grant, oh sexy fellow, right? Just fucking crush in the roaring 20s. Yeah. That dude out there with that fucking big swinging dick, just killing people. 
Yeah, Probably murder. burying them in Jack the, the marshes. That's why he had to leave England, because he's Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Carrie, you heard it here first. Carrie the Ripper. Carrie Grant is Jack is that the his, Ripper. That's not his real name, right? What's I, his real name? I'm fuck, dude. Jack yeah, Ripper. Jack, Jack Ripper. <laughs> Jack T. Ripper. Jack T. Tripper. Jack Tripper. Well, you've given yourself away, Mr. Carrie Grant. You're under <laughs> arrest. Yeah, you should not have signed this hey, note. Hey, Jack T. Ripper, Ripper. I'll kill prostitutes all day long. Ha, ha, ha. Carrie Grant. Maybe. No, I lost it. It's gone. You did. The it's nominees. back, too. The Awful Truth, directed by oh, Leo. Oh, with Carrie Grant. Directed by Leo McCary. Unfounded suspicions lead a married couple to begin divorce proceedings, whereupon they start undermining each other's attempts to find new romance. Oh, they really want to be together, but they don't want to be with each other. Cary Grant, uh, Irene Dunn gets a Best Actress nomination, well-deserved. Yeah, she's good. Uh, Ralph Bellamy gets a supporting nomination. Ralph Bellamy, uh, Mortimer Duke or the other Duke? One of the dudes from One of the dudes uh, Trading from Space. Not Trading spaces, Places. Trading Places. Yeah, young ass. One of the Ralph designers Bellamy. on Trading Places, also. Yeah. He's one of the queer eye for the straight guy, fellas. Yeah. Uh, the awful truth is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, it was really good. So good. Ninety-one minutes, dude. It uh, should be illegal to have a movie longer. Uh, Cary Grant did not get nominated for this. He absolutely should have. He's uh, exceptional in this movie. Yeah, he's deserving of it. Uh, he's so good. Uh, when he what did they give for uh, for best actor? How many nominees were there? There's always five. All right. Um, they never went haywire with like with the best pictures. No, 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 no. But uh, this was his breakout role. I was reading up on this because I like this movie so much. Uh, mostly improvised. Leo McCary was like a big. Uh, that name sounds really familiar. He's directed some other things that we have talked about. Uh, I don't know that we have. Boondock Saints. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, he he did that. Uh, no, he directed Duck Soup. Uh, he directs Going My Way. Oh, which that's we're gonna Marx talk. Brothers, right? Yep. Uh, he directs Going My Way, which we'll talk about in a couple right, yeah. weeks. Uh, Love Affair and Affair to Remember. Those With are with the great Bingulus Crosby. Yes, that's right. Uh, Bingus Crosby. Bing Bang Bong. Um, uh, he directed The Ruggles of Red Gap, which we didn't get to. Oh, we didn't. Um, he but he used to improvise. He used to get his people out there and just go, just make it up, no lines, no uh, direction. Best in show. Uh, yeah, and it, waiting for Guffman. It drove Irene Dunn and Cary Grant uh, so crazy that they almost quit within the first week, and then they. Uh, oh, when he's like, "You just make the script up." Yeah, they're like, <laughs> uh, "How about instead we use the words that the writer wrote for us?" Oh, we didn't get a writer. Uh, yeah, you know you can, or you could just like say whatever you wanted. <laughs> what? No. Uh, Awful Truth. Uh, man, so funny. It's really, yeah, it was, really it funny. Was, it was very good. Some of uh, these old screwball comedies I don't think are funny at all. Yeah. But this one I genuinely laughed a couple of times. And that's pretty good for hey, me. Hey, that's all you can ask for is I'm a tough to genuinely laugh, laugh I'm a, a couple of times. Tough oh, laugh. You're telling me, brother. Captain's Courageous, directed by Victor Fleming. Buckle up. Harvey, the arrogant son and uh, arrogant and spoiled son of an indulgent absentee father, falls overboard from a transatlantic steamship and is rescued by a fishing vessel on the Grand Banks. Harvey fails to persuade them to take him ashore, nor convince the crew of his wealth. The captain offers him a low-paid job until they return to port, 
as part of the crew that turns him into a mature, considerate young man. Oh, uh, a mature, considerate young man. I did not uh, get to this one. Me neither. Because I was sick of fucking movies on boats after the last couple of weeks. It's not pirates, though? It's like a merchant vessel or something? Yeah, I a think fishing they're fishermen. Vessel? Spencer Tracy wins best actor for this. Uh, oh, Spencer Tracy. I love that fellow. This film. Um, and I just I didn't get to it. Captain's Courageous. Maybe I will someday. I probably won't. You won't. Dead End, directed by William Wyler. Babyface Martin returns home to visit the New York neighborhood where he grows up crossing paths with Dave, a childhood friend struggling to make it as an architect, and the Dead End Kids, a gang of young boys roaming the streets of the city's east side slum. Yeah, the East uh the East End Kids. The Dead, Dead End, End kids. kids. I think they were I think that they were the same things. I think they like turned into you know, yeah, like they, they were the dead end kids and then became the east end kids. Something like, yeah, I, the, I think they got. They, this they, movie they, was good, though. Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey mm. Bogart, Joel McRae. They came together. The dead end kids come together on this movie and then they just make a bunch of movies with them in it. And they're always yeah, kind they of made billed, a whole a whole bunch of them. They're billed as the dead end kids or uh, they turn into different gangs. They're like a teenage our gang. They're yeah. like just ho- hooligans. Uh, good little movie. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, um, I don't know if it's best picture worthy, but um, I mean, with ten, I mean, I can't say with, you know, with I only yeah, I mean, saw. I've, I think I only watched like three or four this week. Yeah, this was a uh, fucking tough week. Uh, William Wyler gets his second uh, best director nomination. Um, he continues to be uh, pretty fucking unsinkable, dude. That's for Dead End? Dead End. He got nominated last week for Dodsworth, which I thought was fucking fantastic. So he's two for two in my book, and he's only going to get better and better. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a few coming up that Oh, he goes on a run. Really good. Best Years of Our Lives and uh, a couple other things. Uh, the Good Earth, directed by Sidney Franklin. China, during the rule of the Qing Dynasty. The arranged marriage between Wang Lung, a humble farmer, and Olan, a domestic slave, will endure the many hardships of life over the years. But the temptations of fragile prosperity will endanger their love and the survival of their entire family. Uh, Paul Muni, Louise Rayner, uh, she wins Best Actress for her role as Olan. She won last week for Ziegfeld. uh, Ziegfeld. Oh boy, uh, this I only made it about fifteen minutes in. I got a half an hour. Uh, the yellow face in this movie is outrageous. Yeah. I'm sure it would be Holy even shit. more outrageous if it was in color. Yeah, yeah. Thank God it's in black and white. Yeah. Um, there, this takes place totally in China, and in the time that I watched, I think I I spotted one. Uh, person who genuinely looked of Asian descent and a whole bunch of white guys. Yeah, dude, it's and they go for it. You know, they got the fucking head shaved all the way halfway back, yeah, the, the long ponytails. It's uh it's super boring also. Like Yeah, well that's I mean, I I just I couldn't stick with it. Man, I was having a tough time with this one because it was us news. Uh, and, and I'm not going back. I'm not going to go Won't back and finish it. this one. It's long. Two and a half hours. Yeah, it's... 
it didn't I mean I I 15 minutes in I was like it I don't think I can do another two it's the most of it is uh just them cutting wheat most a lot of the of stuff wheat I to watch cut. Is once you're growing wheat. it you don't know and then you start growing it and you're like where is all this wheat coming from the good earth I thought we were growing weed oh geez oh, that no, would get you the electric chair wheat. in the 30s it would still get you the electric chair in China, I think. In today. old Chicago, directed by Henry King, the O'Leary brothers, Honest Jack and Roguish Dion, become powerful figures and eventually rivals in Chicago on the eve of the Great Fire. Is this a musical? No. I started watching this on YouTube and turned it off because I got uh, just got distracted. Is this uh, the, uh, the, the lady's cow that set the fire? It's supposed to be that file. I think you're, yeah, I think so. But I think it's one of these like San Francisco last week where it's like that's at the end of it. Of the story. Yeah, it's just uh, they just use that as like the backdrop. Maca or something. Um, it's on YouTube. Pretty good transfer. I only got about five minutes into it and I just I didn't have time to get Who's, any further. Uh, who was in it? Uh, nobody. nobody that I recognized. Um, uh, let me just confirm that to be fact, because you know I love I'm I'm big into uh, oh oh yes I did want to talk about this. Uh, we've got uh, Alice Brady who was uh, oh from the Brady Bunch yeah the maid on the Brady Bunch. Uh, no, she's the mother from uh, my man Godfrey. Um, the mother of that family. Oh yeah, yeah. She's very funny. Uh, Tyrone Power. All right. Um, who uh, and uh, and the fucking great Don Amici. Oh no shit! The yeah. other fucking Duke brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, him and uh, and Ralph Bellamy. Uh, Don Amici, uh, fucking crazy long ass career. He goes fucking long and Wait, hard. When did he pass away? Um, uh, showing here, 1993 at the age of 85. Yeah, I think uh, Ralph Bellamy, I think, was 96. Uh, and he works right up to the fucking end. He never slows down. Uh, he's in Coming to America. Oh, he's in Coming cocoon, to America. He's right? dude from, uh... Was he Cocoon? He is Cocoon, yep. He won, uh, Best Supporting Actor for Cocoon. With, uh, Jessica Tandy, his Just, wife. Jessica Tandy. Was that his, uh, I think that was his actual wife. Yeah. Um, no, nope. He was no okay. the Honor Pendergast, whatever the fuck that is. All right, hey, Jessica apologies. Tandy is married to someone, and we're gonna find that out. Hervé right. Villachez, <laughs> yeah, tattoo. Uh, she just loved getting Hume, her. Hume uh, Tandy, no, Hume Crone. What's it? Hume, Hume Crone, yeah, that's who you're, that's who you're picking. Hume, it's Hume. I don't Crone? even know. I don't even know who that is. I think it it's is Hume, Hume Crone. Crone yeah. Son of a bitch. Told you. Now who the fuck is Hume Crone? He was an actor. He sure was, Bill. Uh, man, not a lot. Uh, oh, Hume Crone, of course. Why doesn't he have a Mick? Fucking where's his Wikipedia page? God damn you, Hume Crone. Or oh, the estate. This is some damn Hume Crone erasure. There he is. Uh, I'm just trying to find. Oh, he, another long. These guys with their long careers, huh? Very successful boys. Shadow of a doubt. Lifeboat. Oh, look at you guys living forever. Lifeboat. That's a Hitchcock, right? Yep, both of those are Hitchcock. He's in. Uh, 
I don't know. A bunch of other shit. <laughs> I don't know. Different strokes. Yeah. <laughs> fucking knows. Fucking not my. He's on an episode of Mash. Whatever. What am I? The fucking king. Oh, he was in Cocoon as well. Oh, you bet your life. Whatever. Yeah, you, I bet your life, you motherfucker. What? Jesus. Who are you? Yeah, he was in Cocoon, right? Yeah. I knew she was in Cocoon with her husband. You knew E.T. and E.T. Were t- <laughs> Still has E.T. on it. Uh, uh, Boop. Okay. Oh, hey, we haven't done this in a while. Bang mics. Oh. All right. In, the, in honor of Hume Crown. Yeah. We're recording in person tonight because... Oh, uh, because of our disregard of safety. Of COVID protocols. <laughs> We're really trying to push the fucking breakthrough. Uh, breakthrough. We're uh, saying fuck the Delta virus. Fuck this the Delta variant. I want the off. Epsilon. Bring it hey, on. Give me the Omega, baby. Lost Horizon, directed by Frank Capra. British diplomat Robert Conway and a small group of civilians crash land in the Himalayas and are rescued by oh, the it's people like alive. of the mysterious Eden-like valley of Shangri-La. It's like the soccer team. Protected by the mountains from the world outside with the clouds of World War II are gathering, Shangri-La provides a seductive escape for the world-weary Conway. Uh, Ronald Coleman stars uh, Mr. Gower from... Uh, Ah, it's a wonderful. It's a wonderful life. life. He gets H.B. Uh, Warner. He gets a uh, a nomination for best supporting actor. He plays Chang. Uh, another, another. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, weird. You said yellow face. Doesn't. I think the only. Uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't play it Asian at all. Unlike the he good. Do- Earth. He doesn't. Uh, he just plays it as an old man. Um, and the only, I think the only actual uh, Asian person is the Dalai Lama, who's just, I don't know, I zoned out. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that is, he did, he's, a, he did a speech that went like 10 minutes, and I was like, what is. This movie does have long monologues. And it's missing like six minutes it's, of footage, so they, they just put, uh, picture up and have the sound. Yeah, so this, this movie. They lost until about the 70s or something. It's all explained at the beginning yeah. of the... I bought this for $2 off of Voodoo. Uh, and they explained that they, they found it in the 70s, and they found... They had a complete soundtrack. So they had all the dialogue recorded, but they fucking lost six minutes of footage. And they, yeah. But they had production still. So every now and then you'll watch it, and then... It turns into a radio play. But the quality of the film also, like, from scene to scene, will just, like, you'll just go, like, oh, this, yeah, they really did fuck this one up, huh? Yeah. Um, fucking cool movie, though. It I, is. It, it's really dude, good. fucking Frank Capra, man. Yeah, he, he, he don't miss. He could tell a drama story. Uh, Ronald Coleman, uh, secret, one of my uh, secret picks for best actor of the 30s. Uh, he's probably in my top five. Uh, what else is he in? He was in A Tale of Two Cities. He was excellent in that. I, I didn't see that. And he was good in Aerosmith uh, about the, oh, the plague doctor. Oh, he bass for them, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, he actually stepped in when uh, Tom Hamilton had wrist yeah, surgery. Yeah, that's who it was, Tom Hamilton. I couldn't, I couldn't pull somebody from Aerosmith other than Joe Perry and Steven Tyler for the life of me. I was like, Brad Cunningham? That can't be. Is there a Cunningham in Aerosmith? Cunningham? No. Is there a Brad? Brad Whitford. Brad Whit. Bradley Whitford. Brad Whitford. Oh, Brad Whitford. Yeah. Not Bradley Whitford from Get Out and The West Wing. No. No. Okay. Are you sure? Brad Whitford. Brad. Not Bradley. Not Bradley Whitford. Okay. 
just check. I'm just Tom Hamilton. Tom Hamilton. That's what I was thinking of. Joe yeah. Perry. Alexander Hamilton. Uh, Lost Horizon. Uh, good. Uh, Frank Capra. Uh, love this guy. Yeah, dude. I love how uh, Uncle Billy's in fucking all his movies. He's really good. He's fantastic. Uh, I, I got to learn that gentleman's name, and it, I'm going to learn it right now. It will always be Uncle Billy. Yeah, Uncle Billy and Mr. Gower. That's how I just, anytime I'm watching a Frank Capra, I'm like, ah, there you yeah. are. There you are, Uncle Billy. He's like, I'm a human being. Thomas Mitchell. Um, he showed up in something. I mean, else even with watching. Lionel Barrymore, yeah, with uh, he was in uh, uh, was was it Lady for a Day? We watched. Um, I it mean, happened one night. Thomas Mitchell, uh, he's in uh, Gone with the Wind, Stagecoach, Into Wonderful Life, uh, High Noon. Um, yeah, he's a, he had a long career. When did he die? Oh, uh, and am oh, I shit, responsible yesterday. for that one too? He died yesterday, 1962. At the age of 70. We lost him young, but the life expectancy back there. Uh, he you was know, 70. 70. That's a good long life. Uh, so he was born in 1898. 1892. Uh, math not our strong suit. Nope. Uh, lost Horizon. Uh, yeah, it kind of feels like lost. It kind of feels like alive. There's, it's it feels like uh, alive and uh, you ever see Seven Years in Tibet with uh, Brad Richard, Pitt? No, no. Where he spends seven years in Tibet? I get it. It's right there in the fucking yeah, bed. like befriends the Dalai Lama. Uh, no, it's a, it was a really good movie. It kind of felt a little bit, uh, it felt a little like lost to me and that this guy was like destined to come to Shangri-La and all this stuff. Yeah. It's just a cool movie. I uh, didn't, uh, I didn't finish it. I got like, I have about 40 minutes left. Oh, great. We'll sing its praises some more. You. F- <laughs> well, I'll sing the praises of Frank Capra. Goddamn fucking film. That motherfucker can that guy kick can, it. He can film a film. He can fucking kick it, I say. Uh, 100 Men and a Girl, directed by Henry Coster. That's not a real movie. The daughter of a struggling musician forms a symphony orchestra made up of his unemployed friends and through persistence, charm, and a few misunderstandings is able to get Leopold Stokowski to lead them in a concert that leads to a radio contract. Oh, didn't God, that fucking, sounds fucking horrible. I didn't even bother to see if it was streaming. I had no... 100 Men and a Girl, it's called? 100 Men and a Girl. Uh, it stars... Uh, Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> yep, cardboard cutter, <laughs> dead kid. Ted, Ted Danson. A ghost. Uh, Deanna Durbin. 100 Babies. Deanna Durbin, who I think was like a 30s. Oh, she was uh, a child star, right? Yeah, I think so. You had said that she was one of the ones that won the... Uh, the kid Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. So that. does she play... She must have played the daughter, though. I mean, you didn't watch her, she, but... Uh, she's, she's the girl. She's the, the t- girl. titular who, a girl. Who is the titular 100 men? <laughs> the fucking nuns that raped Freddy Krueger's mom. I... <sighs> Did I say the nuns that raped Freddy Krueger's mom? Holy shit. I, I watched that one wrong. <laughs> uh, so excited. Boo England. Right around the corner. Oh, it's coming We're up. We're on the cusp of August. Ooh, Boo England. Boo England. Boo England. 
Uh, Blue England 3D this year. This dude, Henry Coster, directed Three Smart Girls that we talked about last week. He just writes these fucking dopey musicals starring Deanna Durbin that keep getting nominated. People love the dopey musicals they back then. They fucking love a dopey musical. Like even in uh, The Awful Truth, there was the musical number with the, the chick that wounds up yeah, playing Yeah, but then you get, to, you get to see your fucking... Yeah. The chick that ends up playing her sister. Playing his sister. No, dude. No, no, no. Yeah, that wasn't his wife, right? That was his wife. Dude, I'm so confused by that movie then. (laughs) Holy shit. What? So she just did the number and did her hair up like that? Yeah. I'm so confused. No, he goes on a date. He runs into his Irene Dunn and and the Oklahoma guy. Yeah, at the the club. At the club. And then she gets up to sing the song where the, the wind keeps blowing her pants up. Yeah. And then later on, when he's dating the the debutante and the fucking uh, heiress, she, she answers the phone. Yeah. So says, then she comes to the party that night, pretending to be his all right, sister. I thought it was the other check, dude, because she had her hand oh, done up like that. That's why. I, that's why she deserved a a nomination because of that scene where she's fucking just buffooning around the party, yeah. and then she throws the radio controls away, and then she's just laying in bed waiting to get boned. I got I got a real thing for Irene Dunn. I uh, stage door. Well, lucky for you, she's long dead. <laughs> long dead. <laughs> I can tell you exactly. Yeah, yeah. Step on me, Irene Dunn. Your fucking zombie, Irene Dunn, comes back. Oh my God! What if? What if the her estate of Irene grandchildren are listening to this? Yeah, your grandma was fucking hot as hell, dude. And also, I'm sorry that you're 70 because she. <laughs> that's her. Do you grand- think that her grandchildren are 70 they already? Be up there. You think that? I'm not going to say it. Stage Door, directed by Gregory LaCava. The ups and downs and the lives and careers of a group of ambitious young actresses and showgirls from disparate backgrounds brought together in a theatrical hostel. No. Get the hell. A theatrical hospital? Hostel. Oh. Uh, I did watch this one. This was uh, on during TCM's 30 Days of Oscars. Was it all music numbers? No, no, uh, I don't think there was any musical numbers. Oh, really? Uh, it stars uh, a young lady by the name of Catherine Hepburn. Ever oh, fucking I heard have of her? Fucking heard of her. Uh, have you ever heard of her? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a Catherine Hepburn ginger. Bay. Ginger Rogers uh, is kind of her nemesis in the hostel. Uh, and uh, yeah, would you say that she is hostile towards her? I would. And a young Lucille Ball kicking around, being hilarious. Oh. Uh, comes out of the gate fully formed. Lucille Ball, so talented. One of the most talented ever. Um, but you can see it, like, in this movie. This was in the 30s. I Love Lucy's not till what, the fucking 50s? Yeah, so right. She's Late got, 40s? Yeah, maybe. She's got, like, she came out of the gate in the 30s, like, fully formed. She knew exactly what her strengths were. Uh, yeah, she's funny in this. It's not bad. It's it tonally it's all over the place. Parts of it are are funny and slapsticky, and parts of it are, I think a girl kills herself. Like, it's just like whoa, huh? Okay, life comes at you fast, Bill. Whoa, good. Life came at me fast. There, that's me expelling Satan from my body. (laughs) God bless, God bless you, and God bless this house. And finally, our final... God bless us, everyone. Our final nomination, A Star is Born, directed by William Wellman. It's the same plot as A Star is Born. Yeah, it's just the same story, right? She's an actor instead of a singer. In the shallows. In the shallows. Have you seen... How many of them have you seen? 
I have seen uh, I just a couple weeks ago watched the Bradley Cooper one. All right. That's the only one I've ever seen. And I thought the Bradley Cooper one was excellent. It's very good. I really was expecting to not like it. And yeah. It was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, He's really good. Um, I think uh, is the Streisand one. Is she a singer or an actor? I don't know. <coughs> what is a singer if not an actor who sings, you know? Right. <laughs> Bill is having an asthma attack right now, and uh, I refuse to get his inhaler. I refuse. No, I got it right here. Oh, it's okay. not an asthma attack. I just I swallowed some smoke the wrong way. Yeah, dude. Well, that's you just got to quit smoking. No, it was. it's from the wildfires out west. Oh, Jesus. We are uh, we are currently the uh, air quality uh, in Massachusetts is somehow fucking completely ruined because of fires in Canada. Dude, it's insane and Oregon, dude. Yeah, well, this world is coming to an end real fast. The uh, oceans are on fire. Rocks are falling down mountains. Yeah, Did well, you get that video I sent you? Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. It's I didn't want. Insane, dude. The thing is, though, you can't send me videos of news clips where it's like seven people have been killed by crushing rocks. Nine people. Well, you got to give me a little heads up that we don't Nine. see any of those people. Die. You don't. It's insane. I don't want to watch news footage faces of death. You know what I mean? No, it's. I would never. Yes, you would. Know what you mean? Oh, okay. And the winner of the tenth. The decade, count them two hands now. We're going into double digits. Did they give out a special award for it being 10 years? No, they made it a little bigger. They're finally Oscars? No, they always look like that, I think. From the get-go? Yeah, I think so. That you know, seems... I don't actually know. I don't have, and I don't even know how to begin to look that up. I would say use the internet. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, the <laughs> Academy Award goes to The Life of Emile Zola, directed by William Dieterl. Dieter. Dieter. Cannot be it. Dieter. How Dieterl? is it spelled? Dieterl. Diet Erle. Dieterl. Dieterl. Uh, he's uh, best known for uh, The Devil and Daniel Webster, which I think I'm calling uh, my shot right now. I think that's going to be a Boo England pick this year. Oh, is it? For me, that's going to be one of mine. That's one I've always wanted to watch, The Devil and Daniel Webster. What year is that? Oh, uh, 1987. Uh, the story of Louis Pasteur and uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame with uh, uh, our boy Chuck Lawton, which I, I am going to watch. doesn't get nominated, but I am going to watch that one. Devil and Daniel Webster, 1941. 41. Daniel Webster of Rhode Island, uh, Daniel Webster? Uh, I think Daniel it's... Webster Highway? Where is that? I think Daniel Webster Inn is down the Cape. I think it takes place in New Hampshire. It's a it's a sell your soul to the devil type of situation. Oh, dude, that's how I that's how I learned to play guitar so well. Um, yeah, it's also how I learned to drive. Yeah, it's a Faust uh, Faust story, just like uh, the. That's how I learned to fish. Uh, Edward Arnold, Walter Houston. That's how I learned to roll a joint. Damn, dude, that's how you learned to. Roll how a I learned joint. to roller skate. You had to sell your soul to the devil yeah, to learn. Yeah, just kept. Whenever I need to learn something, you just call upon Satan. I'm like, hey, I'll sell you my soul again. He's like, uh, dude, I already own it. Hard times, I guess. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, really like to know how to play piano. Guess I'll sell my soul. I just want to play the piano solo from Layla. That's it. Would you sell your soul for it? No. 
practice. God damn it. I'm, a, I'm an American. How about if I sold my soul? And so I that I got the it. ability? No, I'll learn. I'll sell my soul. I'll learn how to play piano by selling my soul to the devil. Okay. And then I will teach you how to play piano for an hourly fee. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. This seems... Uh, I sold my all, soul to the devil to become Just because piano you know how teacher? to play the piano, it doesn't mean you're a good teacher. You know? No, I... I sold my fucking soul to the devil, dude. To learn how I to play the great. piano, not to not to be able to convey that knowledge to other people. No, I also sold my soul to the devil to convey that knowledge to other people. Oh well, then yeah, maybe I'll take you up on that offer. I also uh, sold my soul to the devil to learn how to surf. The life of a meal. That's <laughs> I don't. <laughs> the life of Emily. Is that the meal? <laughs> is, is that the that's the plot of Blue Crush, right? What selling your soul to the Kate devil? Bosworth sells her soul to the devil. Is that the one where she gets eaten by a shark? Uh, I think that's Deep Blue Sea. And my, I think that was L.O. My wife Jay. loves that movie. What's uh, it? No, Blue Crush is the Kate Bosworth movie. That's oh, loves that movie. Does she play the? Did they make a movie about the girl that gets her arm? Silver Surfer. That's one. Oh, the Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver yeah. Surfer. That's right. The Life of Emile Zola, a 1937 American biographical film, starring Paul Muni as the titular Emile Zola. Um. Uh. It's the second biographical film to win the Academy Award after last week's The Great Ziegfeld. People love a biographical film. Uh, it takes place over the course of his entire life, but it really focuses on his involvement in something called the Dreyfus Affair, which is a thing I learned about in history but did not remember and also uh, was f- far more anti-Semitic than this film would have you believe. In that they don't deal with that part of it at all. Yeah. They just at one point point to a piece of paper that says Jew on it, and then that's it. But uh, it's a big, uh, big uh, anti-Semitic milestone in history of attitudes towards Jews in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it it was uh, pretty shitty. Pretty shitty. It's like the the uh, warden at Shawshank. As the judge, it's just like nope, you can't talk about that. Oh yeah, they keep yeah, trying yeah, to bring yeah, up yeah, the yeah, Dreyfus yeah. case. Nope, it's closed. So this thing, uh, we jump right into it's 1862 in Paris. We got Emile Zola sitting in his little shit apartment with yeah, his stuffing rags into the broken window with his roommate uh, Paul um, Cezanne. Cezanne, I think they called him Cezanne. A painter. He's a painter. He's a real painter, I guess. Yeah, Cezanne. Uh, and they are. Uh, these guys is, are. Is uh so they're like, what twenty in their twenties at this point, right? I think Probably. so. Yeah, I think that can be assumed. They're both struggling uh, because they are both uh, much like you and I in the balcony, uh, too artistically pure to sell out. Yeah. Um, and they and also to- don't. Exactly know how to sell out? Yeah, no, it's not it's not a it's not that they didn't have the choice to sell like out. Like nobody's so. actually told them how to sell out. Yeah, nobody really likes their shit. Um uh so I they, mean when you say it like that, it's really what the fuck are we doing? They uh they live in this thing. Uh there's this whole running it, it's almost like dealt like kind of like a comic beat that this guy is afraid of open windows. Uh but Emil Zola, he never wants the windows open. Because uh, he's afraid of drafts. They're so yeah. poor that they're burning shit that they've created or other people's shit 
to yeah, keep burning other he's burning all these he says to burn all these bullshit books that yeah. don't tell the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To burn the hypocrisy. Um but the the broken windows really comes back at the end. Right. Um so there there uh, his fiance comes by. She has gotten him a a job at a bookstore where and then he's he gets uh he gets in trouble with his uh, employer and the local uh, the local P uh, PD uh, for his novel uh, The Confessions of Claude, which is weird. It's like I got you a job in the bookstore, you writer. Well, I mean, she can't just get him a job. You can write all you want, but you can't get a job writing. Yeah, but you get a, in trouble at the bookstore for your book. Yeah, dipshit. What are you trying to? Don't shit where you fucking <laughs> eat. You know what I mean? But you shouldn't get in trouble for your book at the bookstore. The only thing you should get in trouble for the book is like how you placed it on the shelf. Yeah, I think it's more the. I think it's more uh, the content. The content is uh, too provocative. But you 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 shouldn't get in trouble as an employee of the bookstore for that. You should be like, hey, I don't know, I just work here. No, you shouldn't get in trouble for the content of anything you create. I'm just stocking these books. Um, but it's on the 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 idea is that the book is. Too provocative or smutty or, or some shit. This is the Nana book, right? No, this is the Confessions of Claude. This is when the the guy first comes in, and he goes. Uh, he tells the employer. He tells the guy that owns the bookstore. He goes, uh, "You're gonna get in trouble if he fucking acts up." And so then the guy goes, the book uh, store owner goes to Emil Zola, and he goes, "Yeah, this is like the whole. It's just the army runs everything." Yeah, everything is censored. Everything has to be approved by the government and stuff. And he goes, you either write appropriate Very stuff, much like America today. Very much like America today. Cancel culture was in full effect in France. Oh, go off. 18, right. Here comes, comes alt-right bill. Alt-right bill. No, I'm Can't, just saying that you couldn't even. Alt-right bills here. You couldn't even say certain things from the Eiffel Tower. Even back then in 1880. Well, what if it's closed? You know what I mean? Yeah. What, are you going to try to climb that shit like Spider-Man? Well, it should be open all the time. Yeah, I mean, it should be, it's but it's not. my right to go up there. I don't think it as is. As an American. No, that definitely is not true. It's true. It's 100%. Oh, it's a French building. It's Look, a French landmark. Look, could I speak to you, the other gendarme? Please. Yeah, uh, I pay taxes. I would like to go up there. So uh, he gets he quits because he's not going to be... Uh, he says, I would rather not than yes. Yeah. I will not be your book boy. This guy stands on his principles at all times, and uh, his, him and his buddy Cezanne, they're just going to be poor and tell the truth. And then we get this montage of all this, like, fucked up shit that he keeps seeing. He sees a woman jump off a bridge, and then he climbs down to save her, and then the, the other, like... Homeless people that live under the bridge just are, like, like, lined up. They're just like, ah, fuck it. She's better she's off than better. us. And which is like, well, Jesus, that sucks. If you just why don't, you're you're so bad, you can't even be bothered to fucking kill yourself. That's how bad your life is. Wow. Uh, and I then should write a book about this. They uh, he's eating lunch with uh, a saison, and uh, somehow they a prostitute sits with them. I I must have blinked and missed. Yeah, they're in a bar, right? Is Maybe that's what it is. Walking in. Yeah, and she sits down next to them. Maybe she's trying to pick them up. Maybe they're just quiet. And uh, they try to throw her out. And they're like, you can't leave. And they're like, she's our friend. She can stay. And they're like, what's her name? And he's like, fuck off. Yeah. 
I don't have to tell her you her name that I know because she's my friend. And he winds up buying her food and yeah, he buys her drinks and uh, they go back up to her apartment. She basically lays out her whole life story, and then that she's Nana, right? Yeah, then that becomes his first bestseller, Nana. Uh, and people are snapping this up. It's a sexual it's, it's bestseller. A, it's huge. But it's another one of these things where it's like it's kind of provocative. It's it's too promiscuous. People are a little nervous. Um, this book's gonna get everybody pregnant. Um, another thing that we we run into is, uh, oh yeah, I, I wanted to do these. Uh, I got these two uh, things that are very important. At one point, there one of the injustices they see is that uh, there's a there's a fire or something happening, and. Uh, Emil Zola's like, where are the safety doors? Where are the safety doors? And then a guy comes in talking like Larry the Cable Guy, and he goes, safety doors? They don't, they don't bring in safety doors. Because the accent work in this film is... Negligible at best? Mm, it seems to be 110% voluntary. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all supposed to be in France, right? It's all, all in France. Everybody in it is French. But the idea on the set must have been, uh, if you want to uh, do an accent, do you, do you think you can? Yeah, man. Hey, Jesus Christ. I'm do not you gonna think t- you can do an accent? I'm not going to tell you no, but uh, don't bother. We don't give a shit. If you think you can pull it off, I say go for it. Otherwise, fuck it. It kind of is. It kind of separates the actors from the uh, just like the fucking people that were just like at the studio or whatever that they threw a costume on. Because Paul Mooney... Never breaks character. He's always, like, fully formed. He is this guy. He embodies it. He's got fucking prosthetics and fucking it's crazy really hair and shit. It's really insane how He disappears he into everything. And he changes his voice and all this stuff. And then every extra just sounds like a fucking Yahoo from Oklahoma or, you know, people talk with British accents, German accents. They're all over the fucking place with the accents in this movie. It's pretty. It's wild. You would never see that today. You would just go. If you saw that today, you would go, well, this is a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, but this is one of, uh, quote, the greatest films of all time. It truly is amazing how in character Paul Muni stays. Yeah, he just... And also, uh, at some point, I'm going to figure out how to say his name correctly. Oh, if I I'm doing it. Almost certainly not. won't. Uh, what if it's been money this whole time? Oh, is it money? Paul, money, 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 money. Oh, fuck. That would be cool. Um, and then there was a line that I thought was funny because uh, before he publishes Nana, uh, they're talking about uh, the war that's going on and uh, uh, how they can't get food into the city and all this stuff. And everybody's got and they say even horse flesh has been sold out. And that's pretty bad if you can't eat horse. I mean, it's stiff stuff. Delicacy back then. World War Two. Uh, so he uh, he writes this book. Then he we get the, is this when we get maybe we get the montage here of all the books that he writes. But the next big book he writes is called The Downfall. It's this uh, sca- uh, quote scathing denunciation of the French high command during the Franco-Prussian War of 1870. Yeah, like a war that happened years ago. Like it's been over. Yeah, for... and he basically just looked back at the historical record and was like, the French leadership was fucking dumb as hell. They fucked this shit up. 
yo they yo they did a badass job yeah. they not like in a cool badass way but like they were like fucking dude it was like f- not like the kids say nah dude this shit was fucking bad, whack like bad damn dude they didn't they didn't keep it 100 at all i wouldn't go to war with these guys they're jerks um and this book this is another big hit and then all, now the now he's on the radar of these uh, French generals who are all pissy. Like he, they run everything, dude. They're like he can't say that about us. They're like, they're like they they run the whole country. They're like you can't talk about the army like that. Um, but We're then put you in jail. So then he has to go see the. He's got a scene where he has to go meet the censor, and uh, and he basically goes like, uh, I will. Uh, I will take back this book and I will behave, but I'm going to write a book about how you're a dickhead. And the censor's like, whoa, 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 hey, we're buds here. Yeah, we're just joking. Um, so then he writes this. He writes a whole run of books. We get this. It it feels like it goes forever, of just yeah, it just keeps showing books, covers, right? Book cover, book cover, book cover, and it just is like, okay, we get it. He wrote a lot of fucking books. Yeah. And then the next time we see him, he's in this huge fucking mansion, and he's married to Alexandrine, his uh, fiance from earlier. Yeah, but uh, uh, just to go back earlier, when he he quit that bookstore and he goes to the book publisher to try to get an advance. And the guy oh yeah, that was fucking, a great scene. Yeah, he's like just the guy gives him to get the business. He goes like, oh, you yeah. you're coming in here." And you want a bar? You write you want a book. A couple francs. He goes, he goes. You write a book about the gutter, and you want to come in here and borrow money against that. And then he hands him. Uh, he goes here. He hands him a letter, and he's the, like, and "I was just about to mail it to you." Emil Zola's like, "Oh, this is it. I'm getting fucking. I'm fired. I'm fucked forever." And he reads the letter, and it turns out he sold like thirty-six thousand copies in three days. Yeah, gets, and he's got a check for thirty thousand francs. Eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand francs. And then he's like, can I still can have I a couple to have in my pocket? Can I just get some walking around money? Yeah, I just need to. Then goes outside and buys an umbrella from the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a man of the people. Tonally, this movie is a little strange because you get the shit with, like, the umbrella. Like, you get a lot of bits that feel like they want to be funnier than this movie should be. Like, this yeah. seems like a pretty heavy biopic of this guy. I, I don't even think that the umbrella thing was supposed to be a funny bit i think it's just supposed to show how f- frugal he is yeah like he's like when they ask when he's like oh you need an umbrella well i'd have to give up my argument with my old friend right like but then talking he, about trying to open yeah so but he's got the umbrella he's got the holes in it but then he buys the new umbrella and as soon as he opens it fucking folds it up like opens it too far and does that oh did i didn't notice that but all right, that's and a then bit. There, then there's some bits with like the French military where it's like, uh, Sacre bleu. Oh well, well, it's this, it's the the next. Uh, so we'll get to that in a second. He goes. They, we see him in this mansion. Uh, his old buddy Cezanne, the the true artist, comes up and he, he's still poor and unknown, and uh, but he's doing you know what he considers honest work, and uh, they're having a meal and and fucking Zola's just going to be like. Hey, look at this! Uh, look at this! Look, I bought this with my money. Look at this fucking dumb thing I bought. I guess solid wood. Somebody carved it. I don't fucking know. I, I I have it now. I got so much fucking. Look at this! A vase. I don't even give a shit about <laughs> it. 
And the guy's like, you have changed. You have changed. What happened to us? What happened to the man who would stuff rags into the broken window? Right. Now you have windows that are not broken. Yes. Yes. Now now you live comfortably and you sleep on a mattress filled with feathers when before we slept on springs like men. Uh, and it affects Zola, and he's like, ah, and he's sad, and then the guy basically goes like, I'm leaving the country. I will never talk to you again, but I will remember you. He's like, well, you're right. He goes, no, fuck, no, I'm not writing you. You're a dick. I cannot afford paper. You bourgeois pig. Uh, then we cut to the, the, the parallel plot of this film. This is, so we get this scene where, uh, uh, a French secret agent steals a letter from uh, a mailbox in the German embassy. And the letter confirms that there's a spy within the French general staff. And the so the leaders of the French military, they all fucking freak out. Now, uh, this is where I thought, like, this movie wants to be a little more like Dr. Strangelove than it will let itself be because they do the thing where one guy gets and he's like, oh, no. Then they go to the yeah, next office. And hands and he's it like, off. Oh no! Then they go to the next. He's like, "We we got to bring this upstairs." Oh no! We got to bring this upstairs. They do it like five times. Yeah. And it's I think it's supposed to be funny or like highlighting how inefficient the military is, but it's not played for laughs at all. It's just a just a boring chain of command that they go through. Yeah. But it's like that could have been a funny make these guys bumbling a little bit. I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm just a jerk. You're always looking for the bumbling. I just want everything to be funny. <laughs> I just I just want to laugh. I'm uh, sorry. So they, they determine that the spy must be within the French general staff. So they start looking at the roster of people. And they come across, uh, they keep coming up with names. And they're like, nah, this guy couldn't have done it. And then they yeah, come but across. the guy who's actually the spy is one of the guys coming up right. with the names. <laughs> yeah, he's just standing there. And so Who then it? they, it's Esther House. Esther Esther Hazy is the guy that is the spy. the spy. So, but they come across this name of Captain Alfred Dreyfus, <coughs> played by Joseph Schalkrot. He wins the Academy Award for it, and the this is the only mention. So the Dreyfus affair is this notorious uh, piece of anti-Semitic history, and. At this point, they just look at it. They point to his name, and underneath his name, it says "religion Jew," and that's it. That's the only discussion of anti-Semitism that we get. Uh, and there's some there's some debate about whether it's because uh, the director of this movie, um, William Diderot, was a he was from Germany. He had just he had fled Germany, or he just left Germany, or they didn't want to piss off the German market, or like they were trying to appease. They, everybody knew Hitler was on the rise, but America wasn't involved with it, so they don't want to make this critical a thing. a lot of excuses for this, Sean. It just, and I got to tell you, I'm, just I'm saying, not shocked. I'm just saying. I'm not shocked that you will once again. I'm not making excuses. Making excuses for anti-Semitism. I'm just highlighting that the film yeah, is, negligent, excuses. is negligent in its duty to address this historical event. Yeah. For the, the like the reason that they pick Alfred Dreyfus is because they're all anti-Semitic and he happens to be Jewish. That's why they they choose him. Yeah, and they don't really get into that at all. Yeah, because it was 1937. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um. 
so they so they they accuse him immediately. They go to his house. They drag him out of his house, or they give him a note that he's going to appear the next day before the high command. They frame him. They make him write this letter that's basically a confession. They somehow they match the well. Esther Housey did them both. He yeah. just fucking they, faked it. They made they match the handwriting from the the list. The list is basically like here's the list of where all of our soldiers are. Here's the schematics of this new gun that we've got. This is the the colonel's secret spices. Right, yeah. These are the 57 flavors in uh, (laughs) Heinz ketchup. Um, This is how you get a Rubik's Cube back to square one. So he gets... Let me ask you. What's that? Can you do a Rubik's Cube? No. You haven't been able to do that? No. No. Nobody has. I don't believe it. I think you pale the stickers off and you yeah, put them on the side. Yeah, it's very time. Yeah, and it they looks never like stick shit. right. Yeah, they never go back square. Uh, my kids want to have one. They the fucking stickers don't pull off. I just fucking threw it away. So yeah, get the shit out of here. What's you. the point? Uh, That's when you got to go get spray paint. Yeah, I usually use watercolors, but um, they don't really stick. Probably shouldn't use watercolors. Maybe acrylics, oil paints. Ah, uh, shoppy. Sharpie would work. Yeah. Highlighter? No. Spray paint. Spray paint. Spray paint. Blood. The thing about spray paint is I got to tape off all the Human sides. Human blood. Oh, well, that'll, that'll solve the red and the orange. Yeah, and it will also solve the other colors. Yeah. Make oh. red or orange. Ah, uh, yeah. I got, I, got a bodily, I got a bodily fluid solution for the white side. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Sleepy seeds. Okay, here oh, we go. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh... Later on, we got this guy. Oh, my fucking God. Colonel Picard. Uh, what the fuck happened right there? He discovers. Sean, back it up. No, no, no. He discovers Captain evidence. Picard? Uh, Colonel Picard. Picard? I don't know. The yeah, guy that. Picard. He's the guy that basically is like, uh, it wasn't fucking Dreyfus. It was this guy, Esther like Hazy. This fucking asshole. He's right there. Like, he's. And they're just like, no, 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 no. We can't. Nope. So they transfer that Case guy. Case is closed. If we have another treason. Yeah, they don't want to embarrass themselves. That's the only reason. Yeah, they they don't want to admit to that they were wrong. Devil's Island, dude. Yeah, so they, so when Dreyfus gets arrested, he gets court-martialed. They basically, they, like, line him up in front of the whole military. They strip him fucking of all of his fucking insignias and his fucking uh, badges and shit. Then they just... Happy lots. They go, uh, oh, this this is rough, but uh, you have to march through the street while everybody just pelts you with bottles and yells at you. And there's just fucking people outside. They're incensed. They're just like, fuck you, fuck you, down with Dreyfus, long live the army. It's like uh, Game of Thrones with shame, shame. Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. And so that that happens. Then he gets sent to Except devils. Except you didn't get to see Dreyfus's big old bush. Okay. Uh, wasn't hers. Wasn't Lena Haiti. They CG had her head onto a, a, a stand-in's body. That's that. all right. I still saw the, the stand-in's big old bush. Okay. All right. Jizzing on Rubik's Cubes is inappropriate. Dude, but you're doing it again. Talk. You're still jizzing on that cube. <laughs> yeah. Were well, you thinking to fill the fucking whole thing up with one shot? We're old men. It's mostly dust. You know what I mean? I, uh, uh, yeah. So he's living on Devil's Island. His wife is trying to... Uh, fight for his freedom, but they refuse. This guy, Picard's got all this evidence, but they transfer him to Africa. Uh, they just, they refuse to... Yeah, these guys are real dicks, dude. And it's also like, 
the fucking actual spy is still here, and yeah. you keep losing wars. Wouldn't you want to just find the actual guy so that, like, he would stop giving the enemy the spy still here, spy and- all the information? They're just like, ah, man, we put that one spy in jail, but and they're like, yeah, somehow but the Germans just, know everything we're going to do. We look don't. foolish, though. We can't look foolish. We've got to fucking save face. So his wife... It would be better if we all died rather than one of us look foolish. Right. His wife, uh, his wife Lucy, uh, pleads with... Uh, she's doing everything she can. So finally, last resort, she goes to Emil Zola's house. And he's basically given up the fucking life of, you know, social activism that made him famous yeah, like, and I'm rich. like, I'm rich. Yeah, it's I'm like, rich, bitch. I don't need to do this shit no more. I did. I, I fucking saved lives and all this stuff. And she goes, she just gets so upset. She leaves all of the evidence that she got from Picard. And then he reluctantly starts going through it. And then he publishes this open letter in the newspaper uh, entitled J'accuse. Well, he calls all the uh, paper uh, at the editors together. Right. And yeah, like and he talks basically to them says, all at once. Yeah, and he basically reads the letter to them. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically out laying out all of the evidence uh, against this guy, Esther Hazy, and not... Dreyfus and, and also the whole point is he's just trying to get them to reopen the Dreyfus case, right? And but the idea is that the top and also I'm going to say Dreyfus from now on. Oh, I'm going to say Dreyfus. I'm right. going to say Dreyfus. I'm not getting accused of anti-Semitism on this podcast. Oh, is that what it would be if I said that? I we can only assume. Are they just not mispronouncing? Is it one S? They or said two. It's one S. All right, so that's Dreyfus. They said Dreyfus throughout the whole movie. I'm going right. to stick with Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, Alfred Dreyfus. So, but the other part of his uh, newspaper is that the top brass of the French military know that they got the wrong guy and they refuse to do anything about it. And so it's this big, huge thing. And he it's wants. It's so huge, this thing. This, it's a big, long letter. It's big. Front page. It's like fucking double spaced. And his whole plan is for them to sue him for libel so that he has to go to court and they have to reopen this case. Yeah. And. In the meantime, the fucking military has, like, uh, the fucking agent provocateurs in the crowd, like, fucking riling things up, throwing the first bricks. You know, the same shit that happened all last summer, Mm -hmm. where it was just, like, uh, fucking Boston PD is just leaving piles of bricks around the days of protest. Weird. That's crazy. Well, you know, I mean... we. Got them in the back of the cruisers. We can't just be driving around with these. What if we need the back yeah, seats? It's happening all around the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking wild. But that remember how the random fireworks too. Mm-hmm. Sean, it's don't, uh, don't don't spill that on your laptop. That's it's insane. a short. Dude, if water spills on this, it was definitely the activate agent provocateur. <laughs> um, so there's riots in the street. Everybody fucking who they all loved Dezola when he was writing smutty novels about prostitutes. Now they all fucking hate him because they, cause they love speaking, the army so yeah, much. You can't speak out against the country. Um, uh, we we go to the the libel uh, trial uh, where there's like seven judges or some shit like that. And they well, all I wear, think there's one judge. One judge, but there's a whole panel of dudes like. They're all dressed like fucking bishops and shit. Yeah, I think that's a jury. Okay. Uh, and then there's just this fucking wild galley of just 
the army. There's a couple of Zola people that keep getting the shit kicked out of them, going, Zola, you're the king. And then they just fucking pop them yeah. in the nose. But they basically just scream the whole time. And they're like, quiet, quiet. And they all settle down. But they do this long, you know, trial. I think the guy, uh, it looks, I'm looking here, Donald Crisp plays his lawyer. I thought he was excellent as well. Because uh, the movie stops. And Zola is basically silent for about like a half an hour as this trial plays out. And this attorney does basically everything. And he fights to try to get the Dreyfus case included. Yeah. Like they can't. He's like, you can't even talk about it. Can't bring it up. Can't Can't bring it up. It's immaterial. And he just the, the judge keeps going, settle down. And then the guy's just like, fuck you. And he just keeps fucking giving it the business back to him. I was like, woof, woof, woof. Get little, him. Ooh, yeah, get him. Get him. Get him in justice for all. You're out of order. Sick this em. whole court's out of order. <laughs> uh, so they uh, they have this I'm whole... sorry. Did you say utes? <laughs> they have this whole uh, big, long trial. Um, and the military's coming up. They're fucking just fucking making shit up. They're introducing evidence that doesn't exist. Oh, they're just full of shit, dude. They lay it all out. He's still found guilty. Like He's... 20 minutes of this movie is literally just that judge going, nope, can't talk about the Dre- no, Dreyfus case. I told you. I'm warning you. Uh, he uh, He's eventually found guilty. He gets a year in prison and a $3,000 fine. Uh, and his friends go... At least they didn't send him to Devil's, Devil's Island. Island, right? That's where I thought we were going. I was like, oh, this guy's about to get fucking yeah. die in jail. But he gets... His- like, that was literally, they put him on, like, a. it was like a cabin on a little rock outcrop. It's fucking wild, and it's guarded. Like, where are these yeah, guys going to Yeah, and it go? showed, like, yeah by yeah, it would jump, and there'd be, a, like, a fence around it. And Every then, now like, and then they shackle him to the bed. And then there's five guards, and... Really seems like a waste of money. Yeah. Just to upkeep. And again, they know that they didn't get the right guy and that the right guy is still there being a fucking dirty spy. Um like keep the other guy in jail, but also like let's secretly arrest this guy. We know he's a spy. But then they have the just sham uh trial for for uh Estahite. Esther Hazy? Oh, the court martial. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. court martial. Uh, so Zola's friends go, "You got to go to England," and he's like, "I'm not, uh, bro. You got to go to England. I'm not a coward. I'm not running, bro." And then uh, you got to go check out Abbey Road. <laughs> you haven't been to Piccadilly <laughs> Circus, dude, bro. Big Ben, brother. You got to go on one of them double decker buses, bro. It's you got to wild. Go, they got a fucking zoo there, dude. Dude, the giant eye, the big first. You wheel. fucking love the zoo, bro. Yo, Wimbledon, dude. You go fucking play fucking some fucking Wimbledon, tennis, guy. Brother. Uh, so they go uh, fucking Wembley Stadium, kid. You can see you too. Yeah, you gotta go fucking Bono. <laughs> Bono! I know it's from Ireland, but whatever. Uh, Zola is eventually convinced because somebody goes, sometimes being cowardly is the most courageous thing you can do. Because the idea is that Zola wants to go. He's not going to run because then it's going to look like he had something to hide. They're like, no, but if you go to England, you can continue to fight for this guy and fight for the truth. They can't can't get you. Uh, so he goes to England. Um, 
and really just has the time of his life. He gets out there, he's enjoying the cuisine, he gets into craft mm, breweries. Potatoes. He starts doing stand-up. Chowder. <laughs> Yeah, he's on season seven of Taskmaster. He's taking improv classes. Um, and then he gets hit by a double deck of bus. So he keeps he keeps writing this shit, writing, writing, writing. And uh, it's getting worldwide attention, and it's putting more pressure on the army to actually in, uh, investigate this thing. They get a new... Uh, Which re- seems insane. How do you get worldwide attention? There was no internet. How are people reading this stuff? Boy, we're both sneezy boys tonight. I thought I had one coming, but it's gone. It's coming now. I uh, see it. Uh, they just get a, a new head of the military is installed, or a new uh, military secretary. Or something. I don't know what the fuck. The yeah, head uh, honcho. But he basically calls in everybody, and he goes, uh, here's the evidence. This guy's the fucking spy. He's always been the fucking spy. You guys are dipshits. You knew it. You're all fucking fired. So fucking he goes like this he looks at him and he goes uh-uh uh-uh i ain't playing this not on my watch i ain't playing this uh so he he basically strips them all of their command uh esther hazy takes he basically he confesses and then he takes the money from the newspaper to confess and he he, he runs he's gone uh all the colonels how much did he get from the newspaper to confess oh i think like uh 50 bucks Francs, francs, thirty francs. I don't know. It was a, it was a significant amount of money, I think. But he's he he's in the wind. They can't find him. All the colonels start killing themselves. Uh, Which hey, that's what you should do. You're a colonel. Sorry. You can't. You're not a general yet, loser. Um, is a colonel? That's not higher than a general. I don't fucking know, dude. I, I could There's got to be somebody that knows. Yeah, I know. I bet I could look it up. There's got to be a way uh, to figure it out. We're like 900 minutes into this episode. What, how many minutes? Don't, you'll find out when we listen, don't you? No, don't look. I'll wrap it up, dude. Uh, are we done? Yeah, we're near the end. Oh, okay. So uh, we are near the end of the life of Abel Zola. Well, yeah, literally. Dreyfus, uh, Dreyfus gets uh, released. Yeah, it's pretty cool when he, when he does and he has that moment oh. when he's like, Fantastic. Going, yeah, he's going he to walk know, out, and then he, he like know goes to, to walk back in, and then he's he just like... Yeah, dude. Uh, that wins him the Academy Award. That scene right there where he goes back and forth from the yeah, door, and then he finally great. goes through. It's really, really great. Um, And then uh, on the, the, the night before the public ceremony where uh, Dreyfus is being exonerated, and the military is going to you know walk by and salute him and all that shit. Give him back his medals. Yep. Uh, they totally reinstated. They apologize and all that stuff. And uh, Zola uh, is uh, working. And uh, late. It's midnight. And his this, wife's like, "Come on, you this idiot!" Fucking, this fucking knucklehead with the goddamn drafts. He won't open a window. Yeah. He's got his little stove, and uh, it's uh, the stove is uh, is fucked up. He accidentally dies of carbon monoxide poisoning. Um. And then uh, his body is on display. And then I don't even I, I don't know who the guy is that gives his like eulogy. But they basically just end the movie talking about how this guy was a hero and he gave his life for this shit and all this blah, 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 blah. Uh, and he's a hero and a warrior and blah, 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 blah. It's uh yeah, he, he was a little more eloquent. 
Like yeah. he didn't no, do, guy, he didn't say blah 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 like, so much. Fucking, you know, he was like this fucking guy. He's fat, but he had a beard, and you know, he was so liked cool. Him. He fucking um, made really good nachos. You know, and uh, and Dreyfus is there, and he's sobbing. Um, and then the movie ends. Uh, I do I, I do want to say that that is not. Uh, Zola did die of uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. It was not on the the night before this big uh, ceremony. That's uh, oh, it wasn't. No, his uh, it's a little uh, dramatic license. So did he act? Was it after that? So he was alive for that. He was alive for the guy to get um, released, released and stuff. I think there were other events that took place in his life. I think there was a little bit of space between um, that and his uh, his death. But um, there's also some thought that uh, his enemies uh, may have uh, tampered with his stove. Oh, I think there's always thoughts that my enemies uh, have tampered with my stove. Yeah, his enemies were blamed for his death because of a previous attempts on his life, but nothing could be proved at the time. I was saying my enemies have fucked with my toaster. Uh, he uh, he was praised as a hero after his death, uh, and then uh, in 1937 they made a movie about his Is life. That his real picture? That's him in 1902. Doesn't look that different than uh, Paul Muni. He looks like uh, somebody looks like different, like Picasso or some shit. Uh, well, good for him. Uh, a good uh, a good movie. Not my favorite of the nominees this no. year by far. I thought Lost Horizon and The Awful Truth were much better. Yeah, the, the uh, I think Lost Horizon probably should have won it. Although I haven't watched the last forty minutes, so it might take a nosedive. Um, there is uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I think it's a good watch. It's on Criterion right now under the Paul Muni collection. Everything in that has been uh, gangbusters thus far. Uh, I would watch this again maybe someday. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't, don't know. hold them to it. There's a lot of fucking movies. There's so many movies. So many. They keep We're going to have more movies next week. You know what I mean? There's a new Escape Room film out in the theaters that I got to see. How do you have a movie about the Escape Room when you already have an Escape Room? Did you, have you seen Escape Room, the, the horror film from uh, 2019? No. Oh, lovely. It's wonderful. Is it good? Good little, little picture. I'll check it out. It's like a, coming up. It's so. like a young adult uh, saw. I get into I get into my scary mode again. Uh, yeah, Escape Room was uh, good, and they got a sequel uh, out. Uh, they got the new M Night Shyamalan is out. Oh, old, is that the old the, the beach. beach one? Fuck yeah! I'm not you know what that is? You know why you get old going to the beach? It's skin sun. cancer. Yeah, skin cancer. Yeah. It's no joke. Sunblock, everybody. SPF thirty or above. SPF Irish. Uh, What's next week's movie, Sean uh, Sean Sullivan? Hey. Hey, Bill, when I leave tonight, could I take your guitar? No. Why not? Because I need it. Is this a riff? Are we doing oh, a bit? I thought you were saying you can't take it with you. You can't take my guitar with you. No. Can I take it with me? No, you can't take it with you. That's the film oh, next what? week. Oh, boy. 1938. All right, can't. now I need a suggestion for a destination wedding. You can't take it with you, Jimmy Stewart. Why? Ah, 
That's Jimmy Stewart. His first collaboration. Hey, can with, I take that thing with me? With uh, the great Frank Capra. Hey, l- let me ask you a question. I'm going to be leaving soon. Do you think I could take that with me? No. Would I go? You can't take it with you. I believe that's a Frank Capra, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited. I've never seen this. I've it's seen, good. I've seen the stage play. It's good. I've seen the stage play, but I've never seen the film. Why? Uh, Lionel Barrymore, oh. Gene Arthur, James Stewart, Eddie Arnold. Why? Uh, it's a Kaufman and Hart. Oh. It's going to be fun. I can't Why? wait. Why? Why? You can't. I even take a week. All right. We're done.